0: Since last fall, Medicare's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, has become a hot topic in regulatory affairs for rehabilitative healthcare care providers. But how does it impact clinicians in the field? What does it mean for the future of our professions? And what can we do if we have issues? We've got answers to these and other burning questions Today, we hear from Fox Rehabilitation's Director of Regulatory Affairs and Director of Documentation Review, Dr. Megan Valenzano, to walk us through MIPS. Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org.
1: Hi everybody, my name is Dr. Megan Valenzano and I am Director of Regulatory Affairs here at Fox Rehabilitation. For those of you who aren't interested in reading the 1837-word article on the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, you're in for a treat, I'm here to explain it for you in person-ish, from behind a camera while you're watching on a computer. Uh, So, where does MIPS come from? MIPS was brought to us by Congress with legislation they passed in 2015, known as the Medicare Access and Chip Reauthorization Act, or MACRA. And what this did was Congress said we are no longer going to automatically update payment in the physician fee schedule. What we're going to do instead is we're going to make any increases to payment be contingent on somebody's participation in the Quality Payment Program or QPP. Now there are two ways that you can participate in QPP. One is by having enough of your revenue go through an Alternative Payment Model, or APM. The other is to participate in the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, also known as MIPS. Now, what MIPS does is it takes all of the reporting programs that used to be in existence and tries to blend them together into one less complicated reporting program. It has four components. Uh, The first is quality. For those of you who remember PQRS, it's very similar. Uh, The second is your EHR, which is basically does it talk to EHRs, is it user friendly, that kind of thing. Uh, The third is clinical improvement activities. So are you doing stuff within your clinic, within your practice that helps improve the quality of your care. And number four is how much do you cost? So what does that mean for PT, OT, SLP? We became eligible to start participating in MIPS and enjoy the potential financial incentives as of 2019, which is this particular year. And what that means is all of this math that is involved in MIPS, we now have to try and figure out. And those four different categories, they each have different weights and there are some extra points here and there. And some of you might be going, oh my goodness, Megan, this sounded easy. And now it's sounding a little bit hard and I really don't like this. Can I just, can I, can I just be a PT? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. The nice thing about our professions is that we also have the ability to participate in something called a Qualified Clinical Data Registry, or QCDR. These are groups that have gotten together, been certified by Medicare, and they will collect all of your data for you from your EHR, compare it to people like you around the country so that you can figure out if you really are getting Mrs. Jones better than somebody who's seeing someone similar to Mrs. Jones in Utah and report all of that to Medicare. Wait a minute, Megan, I can hear you all saying it now. If I have to submit all this data to somebody else and they're gonna send it to Medicare, this all sounds like way more paperwork. And uh, what happened to like patients over paperwork? I didn't get into this to do more paper. Like what? You're not wrong. There is some extra paperwork right now because we have some work to do on the program. To understand why more paperwork, you kind of have to understand why MIPS, why QPP? Well, what MACRA had to do was repeal something called the sustainable growth rate, also known as SGR. And by the time it was repealed in 2015, it called for a 20% cut to the entire physician fee schedule. And I think we can all agree a 20% cut would have closed a lot of our doors. What Medicare had to do was say, okay, how do I find good care and make sure I'm paying more for it? And to do that, they needed data, which is where MIPS come in. Think of it this way. It's very similar to you or I going, whoa, I'm actually spending more every month than I'm earning. I need to do something about this. I can't just not pay 20% of my bills. Sounds good, but not a good idea. So maybe you download some software and you start putting in your expenses and you realize, oh my goodness, I'm paying a lot of money for these sandwiches at lunchtime, and you know what, they're really not that good. So instead, I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm going to make my own sandwiches for lunch, I'm going to improve my quality and decrease my cost. Medicare is doing the same thing. And like I said, MIPS is just the data that they're collecting to figure out where the quality is. They're taking that really good care that we're providing, they're going, okay, how do I make sure that I'm paying this really good provider instead of this not-so-good provider? For example, they're looking at, okay, we might look at a tug. We might say somebody's timed up and go is getting way better, and that's how I know this intervention is working. Medicare's doing the same thing. They're just using MIPS to do it. Again, I'm not gonna say PT, OTS, I'm not gonna say any of us are a soggy sandwich. But in essence, Medicare is trying not to pay for soggy sandwiches. So, you've started to look at MIPS, and you really don't agree with how Medicare is measuring quality. Well, what can you do about it? Here's exciting news. There's actually a lot you can do about it. Now, the fun thing about the rulemaking process is Medicare has to tell us what their plans are for the next year. So the the rule that came out in July tells us what they're thinking for next year. And then we, you, me, your mom, your dad, your dog, have the ability to tell Medicare what we think about it. And the really fun part is Medicare has to read it. Now again, they don't have to necessarily take everything we say and do it, but they have to read it. The really nice thing about the comment process is that our friends at Medicare, and I mean it when I say friends, I've talked to a lot of these people and they really are very friendly. They want to hear from us as providers. APTA, AOTA, and ASHA do a really great job through the comment process. They protect our professions. But what they can't speak to in their comments is exactly how a program like MIPS is going to impact you and your practice every single day. Medicare wants to hear that directly from you because that's the only way they know how their program is in essence, going to impact the beneficiaries, your patients, the people who they're trying to protect in the first place. OK, so you've decided, all right, I think I might want to try this commenting process. But, but wait a minute, a- am I really allowed to do this? And, and I know, like I remember the first time I commented, I was a little bit scared. I honestly thought the Medicare police were going to come get me. Don't worry about it. It's actually quite simple. All you have to do is be articulate and be fair. Our friends, and I again mean that when I say our friends, are going to read this and they want your input. Tell them what you like. Tell them what you have concerns about. Provide solutions. Tell them what you think should or shouldn't happen. If you're not really sure where to start, maybe contact APTA, AOTA, or ASHA and see if they have a template or they can provide you with with some talking points. Now the key here if you use a template is to make sure you customize. Imagine this, Medicare gets Ten letters on a regulatory change, and they're all Times New Roman, 12-point font. Some find and replace. Oh, no, 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 no. Medicare goes, okay, maybe we'll make this change, but I'm not really sure why we're doing. Now, conversely, Medicare gets 20 letters that all provide a very specific patient example as to why a particular part of a program should be changed. Does that make a better case for changing a national program? You betcha. Okay, so maybe you're fine with the, the program itself, but you don't really like one of the measures. What can you do about it? Well, it's the same process, get involved. Now, that being said, measure development is a little bit different because it, again, requires data. So how do you get your data to Medicare? How do you say, ooh, I think this is a good measure, and I, here's the data I have behind it? The best way to do it kind of goes back to the beginning getting involved with a QCDR or a Qualified Clinical Data Registry. They're a great place to start because all of the data you submit to them will then be used in measure development. You'll be a part of that process. Another great way to get involved is to contact APTA, AOTA, or ASHA. A lot of our specialty societies are working behind the scenes within QCDRs with other organizations to make sure that the measures we have moving forward actually do require less paperwork and are more reflective of our practice. The key is we have to do the work now. Okay, so let's say at this point you're going, wow, I actually really wanna get involved. Let me open up this proposed rule for the physician fee schedule and see what it says so that I can comment. And you open it up and you went, oh my God, it's 1700 pages. What the heck is this chick talking about? Okay, first, deep breath. I know it's ginormous. I myself have a little bit of a heart attack every time I open it. But it's okay, just start at the beginning because all Medicare regulation is, is the written word. It cannot hurt you. And the nice thing is, is right now, it's just a proposal. Take it one step at a time, one page at a time. To be honest, to get through the information on MIPS, you don't have to read the whole thing. There's a lot of other stuff in there. Now, some of it is very important for our profession. There are things on the PTAs and CODAs. There's some new CPT codes that we should pay attention. There's other stuff in there that's not as applicable to us. You can skim through that, it's okay. Other things you can do, reach out to a friend go, hey, I'm not quite sure I understand this sentence. You might actually inspire a colleague to get involved. Reach out to APTA, AOTA, or ASHA. I say this all the time. I have made some amazing friends just by reaching out and saying, are they actually saying what I think they're saying in this sentence? They want us to be involved. The more people that are out spreading the same message, the more advocates that APTA, AOTA, and ASHA have on their side, the better. They want to talk to you and they want to help you. So, is MIPS friend or foe? Well, if you look at it as a lot more paperwork and I really don't wanna do this because these measures don't mean anything, yeah, I can see where you'd think it was a foe. But if you get involved and you help drive the data that's gonna change and measure the profession in the future, I think you can find MIPS might be your friend.
0: Thanks for listening to FoxCast PT. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.